to that Graham Weston Fred Reichel quote, an engaged employee wants to be a valued member of a winning team on an inspiring mission. If I break that down, valued member to me means that my teammates know my strengths. My teammates leverage me for my strengths. And when I come to work every day, I get work on my plate that allows me to feel like I'm valuable. That's a really important aspect of Team Utopia. When we hire an individual for a role on our team, most of the time, the only thing we consider is what we see on the resume and how that fits into the job that needs to be done. Well, these individuals who become members of our teams have widely complex and unique collection of what Tom Rath and the folks over at Gallup call strengths. Now in today's episode, strengths coach Kathy Kirsten and I sit down for a fascinating conversation on how knowing and understanding the strengths of the people on our team can make such an improvement on both the productivity as well as the overall well-being of the team. Now also, before we get started, a huge thank you to all of you who have kept up with this podcast. Our downloads in September were the highest that we've seen so far. Now, of course, the achiever in me, which is a strengths term, has a goal of what we need to get accomplished in October as well. The line between application and infrastructure is virtually invisible in these modern apps. The kind of thing that a global computing fabric with immense resilience and scale can deliver without even breaking a sweat. That's really what the promise of the cloud's always been. It's all focused on the business objectives. That's where we craft the plan. In the tech world, we like to celebrate the lone genius, but I'm just going to tell you right now, they're just the convenient face as founders to focus on. Welcome to Cloud Talk. Here's your host, Jeff Deverter. Well, welcome back, everyone, to Cloud Talk. See, I've been spending a lot of my time lately interviewing people. We uh, have an opening on our team uh, over at Rackspace, and uh, the role doesn't report to me, but I'm one of the people who've been chosen to help interview. And these interviews, as most of them are, are focused on here's the resume, here's the experience, here are the, here are the skills that the individual has learned and has uh, kind of refined over time. And for most folks, that's where it ends. Because once they then join the team, we think we're just going to apply those skills and off we go to the races to win. But that's not the only thing that an individual brings to the table. They bring their own set of strengths. And to have that conversation today, I'm joined by Kathy Kirsten. Kathy, thank you for being here. Hi, Jeff. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So you're sort of known as the the maven of strengths, as if I were just to make up a, a phrase to define you. Well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but but let's let's not dig in immediately there because I'm fascinated by the story of how you got where you are, and we're going to get there. But let's go back to 2012, and you're sort of at a bit of a crisis point. You're working yes. at Rackspace. You've been there for a little while, and you walk yes. into Graham Weston's office. Why you tell us that story? <laughs> yes. So I had been a racker at that point um, in 2012 for almost seven years. Wow. And, um, you know, I, Rackspace was kind of like hitting the, the uh, work lottery, right? I mean, I loved my time there. I actually had made it to my dream job at Rackspace, which was running employee engagement and working with the Rackspace University team, like getting to be a corporate leadership trainer. Uh, That was something that I had set out to do while I uh, actually read, Jeff, I read about 
corporate leadership training in a fast company magazine back in 1998. And I said, that's what I want to be when I grow up. <laughs> and I got to go do it at Rackspace. So, I mean, I really was in my dream job within a wonderful company, but I had found myself to be miserable in my last, I don't know, 10 to 11 months there. And it led me I was miserable at home, miserable at work. And so it led me to leaving the organization to do, I don't know what, but I was leaving um, to find balance. And I went into Graham Weston's office, who was the chairman of the board at the time. And uh, for I went in there for an exit interview. And he said, Kathy, what's going on? <laughs> Why are you leaving? And I said, well, and, and he said, well, first, before you tell me, um, what are your top five strengths? And he has this really cool whiteboard that's on his desk, right? It's his board. His desk was a whiteboard. I don't know if you remember that, Jeff, but oh, I do. <laughs> he oh, had I his do. he had his dry erase pen, and he was always scribbling on his desk. And he wrote my top five strengths down, and he circled the strength of belief because my top five strengths are strategic input, learner, belief, and maximizer. He circled belief, and he said, "Tell me what's going on." Who's your boss? Tell me what's happening with your job. And I thought it was kind of a funny question. Yeah. Like, what are you talking about? You know, Graham and I, so I just kind of explained, yeah, my job had been, um, it had been difficult in the last couple of months, well, more than a couple, like almost the last 12 months. And my job, my boss had been, we, I was working for an interim for a long time. We were kind of trying to find the right person for that job above me in the SVP HR position. You know, it had been going on, but at the same time, what was happening in my personal life? I had I had had two babies. Wow. Uh, one of them was ill often, and so you know it was just like a storm inside of me, Jeff. Right. And it led me to leave Rackspace with maybe an intention of coming back for sure. Right. You know, like I thought yeah. I could take some you just, time. You just off. needed to push pause for a little while. Precisely. I had no idea what was going to be on the other side of the rec space revolving door, right? Like I walked out, I turned in my (laughs) badge and I turned in my laptop and I was a little bit weepy eyed, not knowing what I was going Mm -hmm. into, but it ended up being a really good thing for me. So uh, a fascinating story. Thank you for sharing that and, and being transparent about all of that. But there may be some folks who don't – we're talking about strengths and I think, what is that, like how much you can lift or, or whatever, but it's not. <laughs> so I think we should define it and I'm holding for those who are listening. Uh, you can't see this, but I'm holding the book, your Bible, one might say. That's right. Uh, of, of strengths. So why don't you just give us the five minutes on what are the strengths? What What's the whole concept here? Absolutely. So Jeff's holding up StrengthsFinder 2.0, which is an Amazon bestseller under the business section. Um, it is a phenomenal book. StrengthsFinder is simply an assessment that helps us understand our most dominant ways of getting things done building relationships, influencing others, and solving problems and building towards the future. And when I joined Rackspace in 2006, I was introduced to StrengthsFinder. They had all of the employees take it prior to their first day on the job, and it was a strengths-based company. So I literally grew up, I I joined Rackspace at 26, I literally grew up in a strengths-based company where my managers understood my themes of least resistance, which are your top five strengths, right? Yeah. This, is, this is how you get things done. This is how you, the lens through which you see the world. What and a so great, I what was, a great phrase, the, the, yeah. the lens of least resistance. 
Yes, right. What a, what a, what a it, these are you. We so what you were talking about in your intro, Jeff. Absolutely, the resume tells us so much, but it doesn't tell us the way this person can contribute to a team, the way they will contribute to problem solving, or um, really what some of their innate ways of motivations are, or the lenses through which they see relationships and, and uh, you know, puzzles to be solved or, or that kind of right. thing. And strengths gives us more color around that. So the strengths language, which is basically 34 different themes of human talent and potential. And this simple, you know, 45 minute assessment helps us decipher these things about a human being. And right. then when we learn this language of 34 different strengths, and we focus on those top five, we can then unlock people, right? Unlock them, help them feel seen and understood in a way they, in which they may never have been before. Okay, so that's what Rackspace does. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not just what Rackspace does because as an Amazon bestseller, this is what companies worldwide are doing in, in, in either large or small parts. Some with a little bit of a veneer, some of them, you know, really digging in and digging deep. You got it, Jeff. And, and 21 million people at this point in the year 2020, 21 million people have taken StrengthsFinder. But I would have to say, I mean, I want to give you a little bit of credit there, Rackspace, that Few organizations are doing it as well as Rackspace, right? Like yeah. they've embedded StrengthsFinder across the entire employee life cycle. So, well, and to give some examples of how we do that, I mean, when we used to go to an office, we would have these little table tent cards that had our names on it, so people could find you, of course, because it's a it's a big office, it's a million square feet. Uh, but on there, listed clearly, are our top five strengths or top ten strengths. I think they do now on our employee yes. badges. Here's mine. When I used to go into a building, it was very helpful to have around, but on the back of it listed our strengths. But you know, it was super helpful as you know, you get, you get this, you can go as deeper as you want to in the organization in strengths as you want to, or, or shallow and just take the, the minimum required stuff. But I would walk up to a desk where you'd have to, you know, in, interface with somebody and have a conversation. First thing I would do is look at strengths. It would help yeah. coach how to have the conversation. Yeah, well, you know, you're in a management position. So what a gift for a manager to be able to walk or a strategic leader to be able to walk around the office and see uh, ways to connect with any employee they needed to. But I would tell you, I think the real magic of strengths at Rackspace is what you guys do with teams and what I did for mm -hmm. teams. So a little bit back to that career at Rackspace, right? I got to lead yeah. employee engagement. There was an army of strengths coaches. I would say that... Um, not only did we have an army of strengths coaches in HR, right? We had probably at, at some points, 20 people who would be strengths certified, right? They yeah. would be knowledgeable enough to coach people on strengths. But man, we had an army of managers out in the workforce who understood and were passionate about this this language and using it in one-on-ones and using it at teams. But really the power was unlocked, I believe, and this is kind of, you know, if we talk about what I do today to make a living, it's yeah. where you get into a, a, a conference room with a team and you lead them through a strengths-based discussion and suddenly you understand why people on teams fascinate each other and frustrate each other. And most of the time, there is a strengths-based reason for that, right? Interesting. Now, now, is strengths a replacement for other assessment tools? You may think of DISCs or Enneagram or – my wife loves her some Enneagram. Oh, uh, my or, goodness. Or yeah, the there's other. so much. <laughs> yeah. So, so is this a replacement for that or is this just another tool? 
It's so I like to think that uh, of Strengths Finder could be used in complementary um, ways of all of those. I I believe, I, I, of course, I'm partial and biased as a Gallup certified Strengths Coach, but yeah. MBTI has sixteen different sixteen different types, right? Mm-hmm. Um, when you think about Strengths Finder, you share your top five with one in two hundred and seventy eight thousand other people. So wow. this shows us a little bit more complexity than Myers-Briggs. DISC is obviously super helpful. And we used DISC at Rackspace too. We used it in the sales department because to be honest, if you understood your own DISC profile, you could easily recognize your client's DISC profile if you paid attention to the pace that they made decisions at and that kind of thing. So it was very, very helpful in the sales process. But when it comes to employee and development, we didn't find anything that could beat StrengthsFinder. At Rackspace, right? So when you're talking about professional development, StrengthsFinder gives you the most insight and tools to grow from. Okay. So you're a professional coach at this now. It's what fills the bulk of your day. Uh, it's it's what what pays for you to be able to have fun at podcasts and things like this. So so let's give an example of what this looks like because yeah. we all know these these other things. Some of the people again may not know really what it is. So you're gonna do you're gonna you're gonna pick me apart right now. And we haven't really Okay, I would love that. <laughs> and you can, you know, okay, can I so. back up a tad and tell you how I got this thing started, Jeff? Because yeah, yeah. like the, the way that Graham Weston exit interview ended right he said yeah. okay you're gonna go home you're gonna be a stay-at-home mom and i'm like because that was my plan i had this baby who was less than a year old i said yeah let me go home and be a stay-at-home mom or, that's what my idea was and he said hey right. do you think you might want to do some strengths finder training uh you know for nonprofits around town that i might contribute to right he's so, so clever he's so clever so clever I really thought he's never going to call. Uh, we snapped a photo together. I walked out the door, literally turned in my badge, didn't think he would call. Uh, his his people called me three months later, four months later and said, hey, Kathy, we've got a, a nonprofit that we are give we invest in and we give some donations to. They are interested in using StrengthsFinder. Do you think you might want to come do a workshop with them? And I'm like, right. By that point, Jeff, <laughs> the maximizer in me was so hungry yeah. to do yeah. something outside of my house. I love my three little, or now I have three kids. Um, yeah. I love my children, but man, I've got some pent up ambition at that point. So yeah. I was super excited to go do, share my passion with strength um, outside of my household and go do that. That's how my job kind of got to me to where I am today, word of mouth from one person to the other, from one person, you know, like it just kept growing and growing one nonprofit, the next nonprofit. And then when Rackspace, um, you know, in 2016, was it 2016? They went private again. You guys went private Mm, again. We went private in, in eight, 17. Well, we went in, in 2017. Okay. So at that point, lots of leaders left the organization yeah. and Kathy Kirsten was sort of a free agent on StrengthsFinder. And once you learn as a leader, once you learn the StrengthsFinder language, it's hard not to use it. So any new right. place you go to, you kind of want everyone else to get up to speed on it. So that brings me where we are today. A lot of times I get a phone call. I mean, you know, I work with non-rackers and former rackers alike, right? Um, right. I'm mostly in the tech space because of my roots at Rackspace, uh, but I work with nonprofits and higher ed and, and different organizations. But what might happen is a CTO like yourself might call me and they might say, "Hey, Kathy, help me, help me 
develop my team, right? Yeah. Self-awareness is super important at the executive leadership level. Do you agree, mm-hmm. Jeff? A hundred percent. You spend an awful lot of time with these people. Holy cow, you spend a lot of time with these people. <laughs> yes, you do. And they're usually at that level for a reason because they have, uh, they have their, their, they have their, um, tried and true ways of getting things done and being successful, right? Exactly, exactly. (laughs) So I love to come alongside a leader and help them get the most out of their team. And, And I think team utopia is when a team can look across the table and point to the the person sitting across them and say, I'm not going to let you fail. And we need to get to the point where we have enough trust and enough, um, relational productivity to really make that happen. So Jeff, your top five, I can see them there on your screen, but tell tell me what they are for those who are just listening to this. Absolutely. Okay. So number one is strategic. Number two is ideation. Three is relator. Four, individualization. And then five is achiever. Holy cow. Okay. Well, if we just parse out your two top strengths, strategic, strategic and ideation, we need to know that Jeff's a possibility thinker. You, we would never tell Jeff that can't be done because he would disagree and he'd say, oh, yes, it can. We just have it's the best challenge out, right? in the world. It's the best challenge in the world. <laughs> That's right. Matter of fact, it excites you, right? Like going into totally. that type of space can bring lots of energy for Jeff because he can figure it out. Strategic asks, what if this, what if this, what if this? You're an anticipator. You think about the most efficient way to get something done. And then the ideation piece is that rooted in, man, limitless thinking. I mean, the, the, the idea of thinking outside the box comes from people with ideation, right? I mean, mm. that is you. Matter of fact, Jeff, I have this quote that I use all the time. It came from a software developer at Rackspace. He has ideation. He had ideation number one, I remember. And he said, Kathy, uh, ideas in my brain are like bubbles in champagne. Isn't that beautiful? <laughs> That's awesome. It's so true too. It's like, which one am I going to choose? Which one am I going to choose? Exactly. Gonna- and I bet those of you, those of you who are those people who work with you, Jeff, can actually see the light bulb going off in your head. When you get an idea and you like it, we yeah. can typically see your eyes light up. That's ideation. Okay. Relator means that you're a genuine person, best one-on-one. You want to be known, know other people. So you need time in relationships to build trust. And the more time that you have with someone, the more loyalty that that grows between you and you get invested in people. You desire to be invested in people. Individualization means that you, you see uniqueness in others, right? That's the strengths. That's a strength, strength, right? That Mm. you can see people's strengths and you want to get them in the right seat to leverage those strengths. And then last but not least is your achiever. And let me just tell you, I mean, is Rackspace not a um, ocean of achievers? Uh, (laughs) High performance is where it's at. Yeah, you really, and that's if you want to talk about strengths, I want to watch for when I go into a meeting. It's that one because you really have to temper the words you say, or you're going to end up with 15 projects. <laughs> because you can do them too. The more you work, you work, the better, the better you get at it. <laughs> well, and and it's funny. What's I once I started to really dig into the strengths, that that achiever one really started to make sense. When a weekend comes around, and by the way, strengths impact your entire life, not just when you walk in and out of the office. Um, when I would take, I would try, I try to take like a week or two off in and around the holidays. And what I would find is four days into the break, I've got five projects going at the house 
and all of a sudden there's a garden going in over there and the fence is getting repaired <laughs> over there. And I, I end up with all these projects because I can't sit still very well. Yeah, you're, you're constantly battling that restlessness, aren't you, Jeff? It's hard uh, to just take yeah. a day off. Uh, <laughs> hey, in the culture of achievers, I mean, we get stuff done. I, I, I will never, like, I literally in the rec space uh culture i remember feeling like this is dog years you know i worked at rec space for seven but it felt like i worked there i did enough work to do things in 20 years what i could have done in 20 years at a a normal organization it was i mean that's just kind of well we always said that racker years are like dog years you know one in seven precisely (laughs) you know and and uh you know as you look at these these strengths it just helps you to understand things about you like the whole relater that was when i thought okay i guess that's because i can you know get and talk to people well but as i was reading even just this week as i got the book because i did get the book to do my homework before we got here good um was uh when i was looking at relater and what it all meant and it helped me understand because when i get to you know, somebody gets on the team and I get in a meeting with them, I just start asking them questions like the interview because I want to know who they are and I want to, okay, now you're my new best friend and I don't need another best friend. Oh, wait, but there's another best friend. Let's go have that best friend. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I think you you have a lot. Knowing what I know about you, Jeff, you probably have some woo somewhere in the top 15. You know, I mean, you're related. I think it's. I think it's six. It just doesn't show up. There. Okay. Woo <laughs> there. And woo stands for winning others over. And it's sort of to the counterbalance to relator where it's, it's, you know, relator is intimacy and depth and woo is more of the shallow in a good way, but really like more surface level. Everyone's my friend type of strength. <laughs> Social yeah. connections are what make me feel energized as a wooer. Well, we talk about also sort of the, you know, there's the other, other, um, you know, personality, um, you know, ways to grade who you are. And like I said, my wife loves her some Enneagram and I'm a nine for those who know what this means. And that means I tend to be more introverted, which is weird because I feel like I'm this weird combination of introvert and extrovert at the same time because of how woo dot, you know, plays into that. Right. Yeah. You know, there's, we're complex, right? I, it's in certain circumstances, you are, um, playing to your full strengths. And so that's, what's really important. I think once we get past this, okay, who are we? What makes me unique? What makes me successful? And those are the questions that strengths answers for us or helps us get to, right, Jeff? But understanding what circumstances are going to help me bring out the best in me is is where this stuff really meets the, you know, where the rubber meets the road on StrengthsFinder and helping create a team environment or a culture where people can really live this stuff out is where the, the hard work comes in. Well, and I love sometimes, you know, you need people out there to kind of help you see uh, the trees because you can't see the forest because you're only seeing the forest. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and and I know you may think you said that backwards. No, I really am like you. Let's look at the individual versus like just thinking about our our overall employee base. Yeah, because we look at, okay, I need uh, somebody who can code this thing over there. So find me the resume that does that. Okay, now everything's perfect. Well, maybe it isn't quite perfect because now you need to set the environment so that that person can be as successful as possible with the, the skill that they have by maximizing their strengths. 100%. I, I'll never forget the moment in my experience at Rackspace where I realized everyone has a job description here, but they all have a unique talent role that may be unrelated, right? So a talent role that maybe pulls us into the future by 
asking where we're going and or they might be like yourself visionary right you have those you have some powerful strategic thinking strengths mm -hmm. and so you're pulling us forward about where are we going when um i'm you know on a team there might be just people who i don't care where we're going as much as i just want to be in the trenches right now doing tons of work right like right. system administrators who are just head down enjoying fixing problems all day long <laughs> well, well, and, strengths, right well and here's a way that conflict can arise because i would get onto teams where people were about the how and i'm about the possibility so i'm like do you see what we could do if we you know if we go straight for you know three miles turn left go straight turn right um the place we're going to be is absolutely amazing and, and I'm fixated on where we can be and the possibility that that means for us as an organization. But that'll be with people who are, and I don't know the right strengths word for this, and you're about to tell me, um, who are about the, well, how are we going to get there? I Analytical, restorative, <laughs> responsibility. I mean, there's tons that's if you a, think about. That's a class yes. point for me, a huge class point for me. You got it. I bet you feel, I mean, if you think about it, if you're pulling people forward, you can almost picture in your mind some imagery of those people who try to put the brakes on the process and that's their own strengths coming to the forefront mm -hmm. right deliberative is a strength that might put on the brakes activator puts on the gas uh responsibility says wait are we doing exactly what we said we're going to do and and another strength like um let me think a ranger might say we'll get to it we'll get you know like, yeah. let's be flexible or adaptability might say oh well you know and, and these are strengths words i'm saying right yeah. but they're going to bring the well you know, things have changed. Let's just modify it as we go, right? So understanding how these conversations, how these strengths show up in conversation are super key to a, a team actually moving forward. You know, right. I was sitting in a senior leadership team meeting one time at Rackspace, and I heard one leader tell another, another leader, your self-assurance is really high on this self-assurance being a strength, right? Yeah, so they yeah, were using yeah. the strengths language. Your self-assurance is really high on this topic. Let's table it and come back to it next week. And, <sighs> and I knew what he was thinking. He was thinking, I need more data because I can't convince him. Self-assurance, people with self-assurance, by the, by the way, Jeff, um, I believe at that time and that unique senior leadership team, there were nine people on that team and eight of them had self-assurance in their top 10 oh. strengths. <laughs> Try to get anything done there. When they get, when they get, um, when they perceive they're trying to be influenced, they they start to influence back. So when they feel like they're being pushed, they push back. And so you can see this dance happening that happens in all leadership meetings. But they had they had a language to use to help get past it, right, and and move through it, right. which is I think gold. Yeah, it's amazing. So, wow, what a great example. Both of these were, you know, I, I would see the future and people were like, well, how are we going to get done? I don't know. Because I can I can create a PowerPoint presentation that that paints a picture of the capability of the future that will woo anyone to really think that that is that is a vision I can get behind. But you pull some of those other folks behind and they're like, do you understand the amount of work it's going to take to get there? And I could look at them <laughs> in, the, uh, in the eye and go, we've done this sort of thing before. Why do we care? Let's go. And that doesn't go well. Yeah, well, hey, let me ask you. So I can sort of see you pulling, seeing that possibility. And if you get your mind kind of fixed on a, the right way to go into the future, does your individualization show up to, to tell you who's the right people to be on the bus to get you there? Yeah, when, are you, when I'm thinking from a strengths mindset, yes. Sometimes I can get so I, – so I can take these strengths. I think these strengths – well, let me ask you this question. These strengths appear to have a a 
you can exhibit them in a healthy way and in an unhealthy way. 100%. So, because you know, I can saying, use my strengths. Sometimes our strengths well. can be our greatest weaknesses. Mm, that comes from somewhere. Hmm. <laughs> How do your strengths? Okay. So be vulnerable with me, Jeff. <sighs> oh, yeah. If one of your strengths, I mean, I can, as a strengths coach, I look at these, your top five and I'm like, wow, those are awesome. But which one of them can tend to turn to a weakness for you? Why did I open that door? Um, <laughs> well, I can look at all of them and, and sort of see what 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 it would be. And I think the reason I'm probably gravitating towards the strategic one is the fact that I can see the future, um, and I kind of sometimes don't care how to get there. Um, mm. And and that that's a problem too because if I don't help fill in the blanks for others and cast the vision not only of where to go but what are at least the milestones that have to be accomplished along the way and then acknowledge that the rest of the people on the team are there for a purpose to help fill in those blanks and get us there and acknowledge that it's the team that gets us there and it's not just the person who says you know by the way Hawaii is great but if I can't envision a plane it doesn't matter we're not no one's going. <laughs> Oh, I love that example. And you know what you're hitting? You're hitting exactly the, the next thing about strengths is partnership, like mm. having really great partnerships, right? So being self-aware and then surrounding yourself with just the right partners. And right. so I'm sure you have someone in your close group, yeah. <laughs> hopefully in your team, or maybe even you, someone day to day who is detail oriented, who can catch your vision, but then color in the blanks to help yeah. other folks see and feel comfortable about moving forward. It's actually the role we're hiring for right now. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm literally interviewing if they've made it to my desk, then they've got the capability, they've got the skill. So my questions are about how they actually have accomplished these sorts of things in the past. And do they, have they exhibited the capability to do this, to have the strength aspect that, that where I have gaps uh, and where I know we have gaps. Cause I think that, you know, my strengths are probably replicated and we don't act, this is a relatively new team that we have. Um, and I don't know all of their strengths at this point, but uh, I think we have a lot of people with strategic. Oh, I bet you do. I mean, that's what you're doing. You're, I mean, you're the CTO, right? I mean, like, that's right. what you do. <laughs> yeah. You are building strategy. So we, we need those strategic thinking themes. You get to energized by it. And, you know, we don't pay you to, to be up at 2 a.m. I mean, we, people don't yeah. pay you to be up at 2 a.m. thinking about it, but because you're oriented like that, being a strengths, right? thinking yeah. about strategic thinking and ideation, man, you're going to have some really great ideas because you do it naturally. It's just what keeps you up at night. That's um, right. I love your, your phrase you used before. It was the team utopia. And that's that, yeah. that, you know, what, what are some of the other characteristics of a well-functioning team that's maybe empowered by, by the strengths vernacular? Well, this is going to sound uh, a little bit repetitive for your listenership, but I, I buy into that Graham Weston, Fred Reichel quote, right? So mm -hmm. everyone wants to, or an engaged employee wants to be a valued member of a winning team on an inspiring mission. And I know that you talked with that, with Brett about that in your founder series, right? Yeah. 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 yeah if, if I break that down, valued member to me means that my teammates know my strengths. My mm -hmm. teammates leverage me for my strengths. And when I come to work every day, I get work on my plate that allows me to feel like I'm valuable, right? There's jobs that you can tell if your, if your work is valuable, yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. that. And I think that that's a really important aspect of team utopia, but let's not forget about some of the harder, um, 
the harder characteristics around measurement. Winning Ooh. teams have measurement. They have accountability. I yeah. know at working in engagement for so long, I know that the quickest way to get disengaged employees is by not holding the slackers accountable. Oh, right? You can have some really high performers, but they will be turned off mentally if we're not, if we're allowing people to be slackers. And so um, and, and that's just one kind of achiever way of looking at it. But right. there it's important to measure and to know what winning looks like and to move, give people, equip them with the tools to get there, but then just keep score of the game so people can win. And then last but not least, people need to have purpose. And that's what that inspiring mission is, mm. right? And so at Rackspace, for those, if you're on the outside and you're listening, you know, if, if you haven't if you're not that familiar with Rackspace, it's not just a cloud computing company, right? It is an organization that is feels like they're revolutionizing, uh, right? Technology. And you can say it best, Jeff, because you're the yeah. record, right? <laughs> yeah, it's almost like I'm paid to say it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you are. <laughs> yeah. But it is. It, it is. A, it's beyond just providing service. It's about providing great service and right. uh, making customers promoters, not just you – know, not. it's about turning customers into fans, right? Yeah. Building an army and, of, of fans. Yeah. And, and that's what it's about. And so when you get out of bed in the morning, if you feel like you're a valued member on a winning team, on an inspiring mission, and there's so much of your motivation that it, you know, those check boxes of like, I feel like going to bed. You know, I remember Lanham saying, if you are not in a job on Sunday night or Monday morning when you wake up and you're not doing the moonwalk to the shower and whistling all the way to work, talk to your manager because we need <laughs> you in that kind of job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's so true. So um, just a couple of things. We're over time, but uh, this oh, is too fun. Okay. Um, so I'm going to dig into Achiever just a little bit more. And this really kind of helped helped me. And that was because uh, I, I copied this out of the book. And that was, um, yeah, that uh, that I feel as if every day I start at zero because I woke up and I haven't accomplished anything yet. And I have to lay my head down at the end of the day knowing that I've accomplished something. And when I came back to Rackspace, uh, a friend had posted something on Facebook and I never, I mean, I look and I try not to look as much lately because it's painful, but a, a good friend posted something. I had to actually print it and put it at my desk at work. And I actually want to find it and print it at home now. But it said, um, oh, now I've got to get the phrase right. Uh, I used it in one of my other uh, uh, interviews and that was um, success is never owned. It's rented and the rent is due every day. And I think what an that really, achiever quote. Right? I mean, it just resonated. It printed at the desk and it really helped me to sit down and look and think, I can't coast on what happened yesterday because today we got to start fresh. Absolutely. What a beautiful achiever quote. I love that. I'm going to find it and send it to you. Okay, please do. I will. Um, all right. I have one last question. Well, I'm sure there'll be more, but I have one last question. And that is, strengths are this great tool to understand the teams. Can teams truly be broken? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> right. I mean, without, tr if we can't see each other as talented human beings, we're going to have a hard time moving yeah. forward together to do much that's productive. Right. We will. And I've seen teams implode from the inside. Right. Yeah. And, and um, some of it's circumstantial, but some of it is just that building things is hard and yeah. I'm, I'm fortunate to work in the tech space. Right. So 
a lot of the time we're trying to build stuff in the tech space and building is hard. And so whenever you have a lot of smart people all working together and who knows what other motivations are adding to it, sometimes I think I am, I am surprised they have done as much as they've been able to do Mm -hmm. uh, based on the unique strengths they get, they, they bring to the table. But yeah, you know, and sometimes we just need great managers to help pull teams together. So I guess I, yeah. teams can be broken, but I think managers can also be broken, Jeff. Mm, because if the manager bad managers, I'm not going to say a broken person because I don't believe, I don't know if that's no, no, no. true. Right. But, bad but, managers. The, but if the manager isn't aware of what it takes to have a functioning team, it doesn't matter if they understand um, uh, strengths or not, if they're not going to use that tool, if I'm going to be a house builder, but I hate hammers, I'm not going to be a great house builder. Right. Um, you've got to be able to, you got to be self-aware enough to use the tools that are there to make the team function. Um, and there's probably a strength that they have. Oh, I actually have one more question I thought of earlier and I didn't ask. And I want to ask now, which may be the three hour episode. Um, <laughs> but I think it's partially because of my little combination of strengths. And that is when somebody says, these are my top strengths. My next question is, well, why don't I have all of them? <laughs> why does that mean that the ones at the bottom are a weakness? Okay. Um, no, they're a non-talent or a lesser talent. Your top five could be your greatest weakness, right? We talked about like they, you really, so thinking about managing yourself and self-awareness and self-management, the thing that's going to trip you up probably isn't the things at the bottom of your strengths list. It's probably an overuse of the things at the top of your strengths list. You do have all 34 strengths. Okay, uh, you know, self full disclosure, my number 34 is empathy. But every once in a while, my empathy bone gets tweaked, right? And I feel bad about something. Right. <laughs> or I can't think about another person's emotion. <laughs> but what is more likely to get in my way is my maximizer. Okay, so my mm. never settled, my um, unique way of pushing people sometimes past their breaking point to excellence, sometimes expecting too much, sometimes my perfectionism that prevents me from getting started. All of that my in my maximizer that's in my top five is more right. likely to get in my way and, and weaken me as a leader than empath, empathy being number 34. That's interesting. So I think it's an awesome point, sadly, to go out on. And that is just because something's down at the bottom of the list, it doesn't necessarily mean it's a weakness. The weakness is really the overuse of or the incorrect use of something at the top of the list. You got it. Incredible. How do people find you, Kathy? Because I'm sure. Oh my the gosh. Yes. KathyKirsten.com. I'm all, you know, Google, Google me, but I do have a podcast. And maybe Wonderful. we should continue this conversation, Jeff Diverter. Will you come on the Obey Your Strengths podcast so I, I can analyze to. you further? <laughs> <laughs> that sounds delightful. Yes. <laughs> Let's do it. I will get with your people. <laughs> awesome. Well, Kathy, thank you so much for uh, for being here today. It has just been so much fun to reconnect with you, and it's been great to have this conversation. We're going to have to come back into it. I'll come chat on your podcast, but let's come back and do this again in a few months and just continue the conversation. Thanks, Jeff. It was fun. Absolutely. Everyone, thank you so much for listening today, and we look forward to, uh, to bringing you another one next week. But for now, this has been Jeff Deverter with uh, Rackspace and Cloud Talk with Kathy Kirsten. Have a great day. 
This has been Cloud Talk. You can find Cloud Talk wherever you find your favorite podcasts. And be sure to check out more content from Rackspace Solve at solve.rackspace.com. When you have a working knowledge of the power of strengths and the understanding of the unique collection of strengths that exist on your team, the goal of Team Nirvana really can be something that you can strive for. Now, if you want to learn more about strengths or even engage in a workshop or listen to Kathy's podcast series on strengths, just head over to kathykirsten.com where you can find out everything that you need to know. Now, I've mentioned to you before about the series of global roundtables that racks Space has been hosting as part of our Solve Strategy Series. Well, the October event is just around the corner, October 7th, actually, and it's on the topic of the new cybersecurity landscape, where we'll explore the cybersecurity skills gap and the impact of remote workforces on cloud data security and protection. Now, the host for the event is Karen Elizari. Karen is an Israeli-born cybersecurity analyst and senior researcher at the Tel Aviv University Interdisciplinary Cyber Research Center with an emphasis on hackers and technology and their social implications. Now, Karen will be joined by Mike Schofield, the VP of Network and Security at Rackspace, Aiden Marshall, he's the Director of Cybersecurity at Plus 500, Chris Stauff, he's the Chief Security Officer at Armor Cloud Security, and Karen O'Reilly Smith, Chief Security Officer here at Rackspace Technology. I can't tell you how much I'm looking forward to this event, just head over to solve.rackspace.com and look for the Solve Strategy Series registration. Now, in our next episode of Cloud Talk, we're going to take on the weighty topic of software development burnout. Here's a preview of that episode. If you're in a scenario where the company is like pushing you and they'll say, hey, you know, we we need to do this, we need to do it quickly. You're excited because you get to work on something new or you get to work on something that just has to be done quickly and you have to think fast and solve it. You're like more than happy to do that. But then if you keep kind of doing that over and over again, you can get in this scenario where you're just burned out. You've done it too much. Your head's constantly in your work. You don't have time for yourself, time to think, time to decompress. And so you, you end up in this sort of burned out state. That's next time on Cloud Talk.